0: Oh hi thanks for checking in I'm still a piece of garbage I know you some-
1: Say what? You say he's just the friend.
0: Oh, baby. You <laughs> got what I need. Mean. Uh-huh. You say he's just
2: the friend. Uh-huh. You say he's just a friend. Okay. Oh, oh God. <sighs> Damn. Damn. A Gina. legend. Damn. Gone. Another one. This Brother, your flowers were given to you while you were here. Thank God. Yeah. Oh, uh, bless. And y'all know I'm in a bind, mate. <laughs> I'm in a bind. Another one. Another one. Uh, uh, rest in peace, Charlie Robinson. Oh, you guys know him as Nate. Right. <laughs> but welcome um, to... Uh, Social experiment gone wrong. Um, I am your host, Lonnie. This week, my Twitter, Abby, will be... (laughs) Mm. Ooh, I had to think about that one. Yeah. what you got? No, I'm actually keeping the one I got. Oh, my God. Yes.
1: And I'm your co-host, Marlon. And my Twitter handle this week is going to be Put It Down. Put It Down. And I'm going to express what that is. I've seen too many videos of people doing really strange things to food. And I'm over it. Uh, I'm over it. I know what you're talking about. two videos that I just saw this weekend that I am very, very, very disturbed about. Um, And it's making me sad. A lot of people, and I'm starting this right now. If I don't know you personally, I'm not eating at your house. If you didn't buy the food, I'm not eating at your house. Because if this is what y'all are doing the food, some of my favorite foods. No, I used to think that people were tripping, like when they'd be like, "I don't eat everybody's food. I fuck with everybody's food like that." But after what I have seen this weekend, y'all own something, and I'm jumping on board. I'm not doing it. Two things before we get started. And I know I kinda jumped in on this. No, 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 it's a okay.
2: this is I Please. just
1: I just can't. First of all, there's a video going around of a young lady cleaning chicken and seasoning it in her sink. Now, that's not far-fetched. It's not far-fetched. No, we have like gotten, you know, evolved in the way that we handle things. You know, we realize salmonella is real. You know, yeah. we, we know that we do things differently. We put on our gloves, we clean them in, in Cleaning the pans, all the stuff, season them right, whatever. Mm-hmm. Miss Thing Oh, God. Filled the sink up with water. Okay. Put the chicken wings in the water, okay? Mm-hmm. So far, not so bad. Right. Not so bad. Right. Do you know what she poured in the water to clean said chicken? Please don't tell me she poured this dishwashing liquid. That was the second thing. What was it? The- and not the most problematic. The first thing she poured in there, ladies and germs, was Clorox No Splash
2: Bleach. I'm not eating at her house ever in life.
1: I need y'all to
2: understand something. Ever in life.
1: Clorox Mm -mm. No Splash Bleach to clean her chicken and had the audacity to say that she learned it from her mama. Oh, hell no. Uh, 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 uh. No. that is not no, no. you thought that was the worst part Oh okay. god! let me tell you more okay. then she had the nerve to drain the water with the bleach and the dawn that she just cleaned these chicken wings with okay. then in the same sink okay. mind you I don't even think she rinsed the chicken off after she drained the water,
2: it do not sound like she did
1: Then she began to wait for it, season the same chicken in the sink. After the seasoning was on the chicken, it gets worse. Then the wings fell inside the garbage disposal. What did she do? Took it out and finished seasoning it. I'm not doing it. No, I'm not doing this. Ew, disgusting. Not doing this Ew. You want to die? You clearly want to die. Second one, and then we go going to get into the episode because, God damn it. Second one,
0: okay. a
1: gentleman with a big, large pan of wingettes, looking like they're ready for cooking. You know, not, we love a nice party wing. Okay. He decided that he was going to show us his seasoning regimen. Okay. Let me run down to y'all what this man put on his chicken, and I might miss a few, but I'm giving you the generalization. Okay. Onion powder, mm-hmm. garlic powder. Mm-hmm. And mind you, the pan is big, so he used copious amounts. There was a lot. Ew. Onion powder, mm-hmm. garlic powder, mm. paprika. There was pink Himalayan sea salt. Why is so it salty much, as hell? So far, these seasonings in moderation together could work. Let's put that out there. Yeah, it could work. It but salty. it's still, my blood pressure is rising. Okay, thank you. Paprika,
2: mm-hmm.
1: black pepper, turmeric. Now, turmeric has been put on chicken wings. Some people might not know. Again, the flavors separately in moderation, cool. But all together, sir, you're doing a lot. Then there's more, so we're up to seven. Okay. Cumin, another seasoning. Sure, great. This is where it gets weird. And not so weird, but weird for me because I will not eat this shit. Then he put mustard on it. That's, Granted, not, that's, that's not uncommon. Right. Then he put pickle juice on it.
2: Now you're doing a lot.
1: You're doing a lot, son. That's a lot of you're salt. You're doing that a lot. That
2: is a lot of salt.
1: He was not done. Then he put honey on it.
2: Uh, weird. Again... No, it's not weird and something it's else not, it's not weird but the seasonings that you just lined out that just throws the taste off
1: he was not done oh god he was not done what now he was not done I believe after that he put some hot sauce on it again not weird but all of those together sir what are we doing and then to top it all off uh-huh. do you know what he put on there last what?
2: sangria. I'm done. I'm so done. I'm no longer eating at y'all houses. If I don't know you,
1: sweetheart, if I'm coming to your house and you're already cooked, I am bringing my own plate. I am eating before I come because it's getting weird. It's just really getting weird. Y'all doing a lot. So, it was a rant at the top of the show, y'all. I'm sorry, but I I had to get that out. So, when y'all see my Twitter handle say, put it down, know that that's what I'm talking about. Put it down. Don't touch it. Because what the hell? Please don't touch you. Please. (laughs) Jesus (laughs) Christ.
2: (laughs) I can't. So, yeah. Um, We're going to take it out of here and go right into. I adjust myself because my co-host had a rant at the top of the. Show. It was in
0: my spirit. I'm sorry, y'all.
2: It, it came out of nowhere, y'all. He was being delivered, and I had no choice but to let him go off a handle that just sounds disgusting. Oh my god! And I would never eat at any of y'all. House would never again. again. Never again. Oh, uh, um, it's time to get into scroll on, girl. Get your ass up and flush, Right and flush. Lush. Whatever Lush. You, whatever you do, whatever you do, just right, do it right. Um, I want to start off by shouting out a legend. I'll shout out to Patty LaBelle. Her name comes oh, up okay. as, of late, um, as of late. And sis at the age of 70 is um, on to something. What'd she say? At 77. Mm-hmm. This is coming from people. Um, she has not interested in dating yet. Hmm. I'm just living my life like this platinum. I'm not. Hello? Okay. Like her record? Like the record. In this week's issue of People on Newsstands Friday, the music legend says she's not interested in dating any, uh, dating again at seventy seven. In two thousand, Labelle and her ex husband Edwards separated after thirty one years of marriage. They finalized their divorces without, in two thousand three. Instead, she says, "I'm just living my life like it's platinum. Thank God I have a lot of people a lot of people who care for me." She adds, "I live alone with my dog, Mister Cuddles, and I'm looking for love from anybody." I am mm-hmm. now. It just resorts back to my frustration mm-hmm. that it leads into Lonnie's rant. Okay. I have not ranted about dating since, like, season one of the show. Like, season one, season two, for the most part. Mm-hmm. But let alone my escapades with it that y'all are overdue with my frustration. <laughs> I am about five seconds from deactivating everything. I'm about five seconds from walking away from everyone, Mm -hmm. I'm about five seconds from spazzing the fuck out and going on full paragraph rants about how disgusted I am with you people. Mm -hmm. I don't understand for the life of me. You could be sitting here looking for anything in general, y'all fuck up everything. Y'all fuck up trying to get to know somebody, y'all fuck up even being a friend with benefits with a person, y'all just in general fuck up fuck up the friend with benefits thing. Because people make appointments and don't follow through with said appointments. Oh, child. Now, wait a minute. You can't be making no dick appointments and don't follow through. If mama is 77 and saying, I'm done with this shit, I'm trying to say that shit at 34 at this point. Because my God, dating in general, I wish it was back in the day Mm -hmm. before y'all hoes learned how to be casual. Mm -hmm. Well, excuse me. Mislearned how to be casual, because y'all don't know how to do that. To y'all realize. don't know how to date. Y'all don't know how, y'all know how to do everything and be awkward. Like I'm already awkward. Two awkward people need not go down that road. <laughs> okay, Pretty much. I just mm, we gonna get into that later on in the show, but when it comes to staying with this shit. But so, do you think that
1: it has her decision at seventy seven? Her decision to be like I'm through with it, love. Shout out to Destiny Show. um
2: Do you think? And shout out to Michelle Williams. We're gonna get to that a little bit mm. later too. this mm. Because so that she retweeted. This. First of all, she replied to my tweet. But her book, we going well, we we might as well start a book club because I'm advising everyone. I want y'all to hear me, and this is not paid in any way, shape, or form. Sidebar real quick. Michelle Williams' book is a must fucking read, especially if you have Satan's assistance in your life and that is depression and anxiety. Come on. Go and get that shit. Satan's assistance just took me out. I live. Satan's assistance. I live what's, per- what's up. <laughs> when I just, it gets real. Again, we will get to that. I will have a full discussion. I am close to halfway into this book. But baby, when I tell y'all, I'm so glad I got back into reading. But yes. But um, do you think that her
1: success has a big part to do with that type of decision? Because I know that people are like, a lot of people, because I see it online all the time, there are a lot of people that are just like, this date and the relationship and love
2: shit is for the birds, I ain't got time, fuck everybody. It, that's how, it. like, you don't want to be that person, right? but eventually what ends up happening is... You Get frustrated, mm-hmm. is like damn if you do, damned if you don't, and especially if you already have your own set of insecurities that you're still working through, right? That does nothing but perpetuate them, me- in my opinion, mm-hmm. especially dealing with <sighs> the landfill that we call dating of 2021. Mm. I mean, hell, I even feel bad for people that are in poly because Jesus Christ, hell, yeah, that don't please don't get me started
1: with poly dating and the whole poly because it's. Y'all think it's sweet on the poly side? It's 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 it's, it's a clusterfuck over here too.
2: It's, it's trust i if trust me, poly <laughs> and open. I can only imagine what y'all mm. go through when it, it turns to dating. there's a lot of folks that feel like,
1: oh, I'm gonna just go poly and then that's gonna be the move. No, sweetie, there's there's a lot more that goes into being poly than meets the eye. But this is not about
2: that. that's what I said. Oh, it'll be an episode later. Mm-hmm. Trust it'll be one later. Hello. Um, Patty, bless us, and you're also my Gemini sister. I love you. <laughs> um, so after years of disputing back and forth, come to find out, the James Brown estate is nearing a settlement after 15 years. I don't even know that they were like in litigation for that that long. This is coming from the I'm write the Greco.com. Mm-hmm. Um, for the past 14 years, Brown's children, administrators, and former lover have been entangled in a legal battle over the ro- rock and roll hall of famer's estate and assets. Um, sk- skimming through it just a bit, um, the settlement follows two months of lengthy mediation discussions, um, and basically, the children' uh, representative for his kids said that it was settled. Mm. So, the way that this works, and this is from, this is coming from the inside. Um, Michael actually purchased James Brown's whole discography. Okay. What ends up happening is when a lot of people don't know that allegedly I have to throw that word in there. This is all alleged. Um... If I'm not mistaken, Michael Jackson did purchase his whole catalog, mm-hmm. but Sony acquired Michael's catalog. Right. So they acquired James Brown's catalog as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: because, if I'm not mistaken, he was in the process of a divorce or he was already divorced when he passed, mm-hmm. it left him limbo. Who would take control of the estate? Right. So that's why they've been fighting for nearly fifteen years. So all the times that y'all have been streaming James Brown, you haven't been paying his estate mm-hmm. because they have no publishing, no nothing. Damn. Yeah, that's, it's it's weird because you have to start to set that up, especially when that time comes. You have to appoint those people. Like, this is who I want to be in control of that. Or this person in an attorney is my state. Gotcha. When you don't establish one, things like this happen. And it all just gets really messy because y'all know how folks get when
1: people die, especially if you're famous and you got coin and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Everybody just turns
2: into... Huh? Something totally different. <laughs> like, like, anything we say here is alleged. All right. I throw it out there. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's strange. I'm going um, to it together, though. Kid Cudi pops up in the news as well. Mm-hmm. Um, So, the, shout out to the girls that love to go get their manicures done. Hello. Apparently, his fans are the problem that he likes to do it, too. <sighs> like, um, I don't understand what this fascination is. Of policing the black man, and we've been doing this for years, forever, y- decades, forever, ever, ever. Yes, shout out to Outcasts. <laughs> um, it's so weird because I get mixed reactions when I get a uh, um gel manicure, mm-hmm. and it's first of all, can y'all please drop some of the names that y'all nail sex? for real? Because. because. <laughs> The time I like to show off my hands, right? Can y'all drop the
1: names of some of these
2: nail techs? I need
1: to know from me. Listen, if you know any nail techs in the Jersey area, please let us know because I'll be needing, you know, I'm gonna get my flashy things on. I've been
2: doing okay, but i have be wanting some extra shit that you the know ones I go to can't do, right? I mean, shout out, shout out to my nail salon, they they do what they do, mm. but need a little bit more, need a little, a little need, bit more, a, a, a spike a look more, yeah. So this is coming from complex.com. On Saturday night, the man of the, the man on the moon rapper took to Twitter to announce that he disabled his comments on his most recent Instagram post, in which is seen rocking a helmet while flashing a peace sign. Seems pretty harmless, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a large number of followers took issue with Cuddy's painted nails and begin to flood the comment section to express their objections.
1: My thing is this. So. This is where I have to start side-eyeing y'all. Because if you know anything about fashion and trends, you know that history repeats itself. Mm -hmm. We literally go through decades of fashion and repeat and bring back an era of fashion in every decade. Mm -hmm. This decade and I'm speaking of the 2020s um, has brought back androgynous fashion which is linked to a lot of different things. So you have a lot of male representation that are wearing more feminine pieces. Uh-huh. Um, you have men that are wearing more makeup. Men that are wearing like painted nails and stuff like that. This shit, nothing is new under the sun. We are literally repeating the era of Prince, the era of rock bands like Aerosmith and Kiss and big teased hair and all that stuff, but we have modernized it and here we are. But y'all be so hell-bent on policing masculinity and further perpetuating the cycle of male misogyny patriarchy and all these other like trigger words that have to do with this toxic ass bullshit when it comes around men and when you put it on a black man it's even worse but what really bothers me is that y'all pick and choose
2: who y'all pissed off about this with he actually decided to tweet something tell me about it Turned off the com turn off comments on Instagram since people really haven't have a problem with me painting my nails. I got tired of blocking so many accounts. I really need you to understand if you don't like me doing this or anything I do, please don't buy my albums. Don't come to my shows. Fuck way off. Now this is my problem. Y'all have a problem with Kid Cuddy. K- Getting gel manicures—that's exactly what it is. I'm gonna right. call this to fade." It is a gel manicure, mm-hmm. but y'all didn't have that same energy for Snoop Dogg. Ooh. Y'all didn't have that same energy for Wiz Khalifa. Ooh. Let's be real about the thing. Like these people, y'all like skate with getting manicures and having actual. Oh, because they were weed on weed and imp, um, on their nails. Is it? Oh, is that what it is? Is that not still a manicure, sis? It's still a man, it's still a gel manicure. Is it not still a design, sis? It's still a design, sis. Mm. And y'all are mad because he has solid, like almost glitter esque nail prints on his nails. And shout out to Kid Cuddy because the manicure looks sickening from the two figures I can see. I love those. First of all, I want to (laughs) know because one is metallic, (laughs) yeah. But can I talk? It's like metallic teal, y'all, yeah. Second finger. It's like this orange ish color. And I'm just sitting here obsessed, like how it do I looks get this? I like that. I'm obsessed and I need it now. For real. I need it now. Gimme. So, hmm. We're gonna go into the story of Richard Sherman. Yes. Now, this week, um, young Rich <laughs> has caught himself in a world when um he was arrested for domestic violence, apparently. Whew. Um, this story is coming directly from CNN. It says NFL star Richard Sherman was arrested early Wednesday after allegedly trying to break into the home of his in-laws and fighting with officers in Redmond, Washington Police, said The former San Francisco 49ers uh, quarterback was being held at Kings County Correction Facility after being booked by Redmond Police at 6.08 a.m., um, he was expected to have an initial trial appearance, uh, court appearance on Thursday. I'm skimming at this point. But they, I believe they said they dropped the charges. Let me look. So, what? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, they dropped the charges. I'm piecing it together because I actually did my research beforehand. But that was literally from the 14th. This is the updated one. Um, where he actually released the statement. He says he's remorseful for his actions that led to his arrest. Please, not guilty to misdemeanors.
1: So, my thing is, sir, well, what the hell were you doing? You were trying to break in the in law's house. Did you
2: see the video? I did not. Well, um, <laughs> for all contents and purposes, the video that I have actually is coming directly from the shade room. Oh, yeah. um, And I have to turn up the value. He, at six oh eight in the morning is what he did. Now, he did release a statement, as I was saying. Um, and this is an excuse me, the statement in entirety. I'm deeply remorseful for my actions on Tuesday night. I behaved in a manner that I am not proud of. I have been dealing with some personal challenges over the last several months, but this there that isn't an, an excuse for how I acted. The importance of mental and emotional health is extremely real, and I vow to get the help I need. Appreciate all people who reached out and supported me and my family, including our community here in Seattle. I'm grateful to have an amazing white family and support system to lean on during this time.
1: I need y'all to go get help. Because why you so mad? Why you so mad? And, and, and not to say that you can't be mad, but child, y'all be doing a whole lot and putting a lot on the line in the name of being pissed off at whatever. I don't know what he was going through, but I'd call the police on
2: your ass too. I would to. too. I'm sorry. It's six <laughs> o'clock in the morning. So, Bitch, I just rolled over. I Why? just rolled over. I got, like, you got everybody in here riled up. It's six in the morning. Why are you throwing all this cayenne on my eggs this early? I don't um, know. Look, not <laughs> cayenne <laughs> on my eggs. Why are you doing that? I don't understand. So, in summary, I'm going to wrap this whole thing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say, first of all, shout out to T Pain. Shout out. T-Pain has a wonderful, wonderful message that he left for everyone mm-hmm. that he made on Switch. I'm going to play the video directly and see if, let's see if this goes through. Yep. This is a direct insert from the video that I'm playing right now. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Nothing else. Just, we, you, you know when your shit sounds like somebody else's shit. You're making it because you think you because you're in the studio like what's the number one record right now? We need to make another one of those. Stop doing that. Stop! You're not original. Give me some original shit. Give me some Are you seriously telling me that you sat here and watched me tell a bitch to eat a dick and you thought that wasn't original?
1: Are you seriously sitting here telling me that eat a dick
0: is the bad part of music? Stop! Just fucking do something else! Oh. Just,
1: god damn it! Do some different music! We have all the shit that you're doing. We already have it. Lil Uzi Vert is already doing it. Lil Baby is already doing it. the Baby is already doing it. It's literally two niggas with Baby in their names that's already doing all the music you want.
0: Do
2: something else! I would continue to play, but I think you got the point from what I just played. Um, T-Pain, thank you for saying what we all could not find the strength to say publicly out loud. We appreciate you, brother, but let's talk to the young individuals that have a problem and say that he's hating. Mm. Um, T-Pain has gone through a lot of scrutiny in the music industry, let alone to be one of the most underrated artists in the game, and does not get the flowers that he deserves. If it was not for him, and I'm gonna say it publicly, and this ain't allegedly, if it wasn't for him, y'all would not know how to use auto-tune at all to work with y'all voices. Mm. He even taught Kanye. Let's Mm. be perfectly clear about the man that you're speaking on. This man gave us a great run of hits, and it's still influential to this day. So, yes, he has a fight in here to say what he needs to say. And to be respected in the same merit. Because of the fact that he's put in the work and the time. Listen, I don't think that people understand the legacy of T-Pain. They
1: don't. You have to understand that T-Pain came into the game literally.
2: And I've watched, I watched the show on Netflix. <clears throat> Uh, I, you know what I, my friend has been saying for the longest? I need to watch This Is Pop. Yes, This Is Pop.
1: And they centered around T-Pain and his like journey into the music business and how when he came in, he was literally looking for something different. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be original, wanted something different, something fresh to make him stand out from everybody else. Mm-hmm. And he found auto-tunes. Again, a callback to something I said earlier, autotune is not new. There's nothing new under the sun. Those of us that are of a certain age know anything about Zap and Roger, uh-huh. i.e. computer love, that was done in the 80s, long time ago, and he was the innovator, and they did the same thing to him that they did to the t pain which was, what the fuck is this shit? It sounds weird. We don't like it. He found a way to tweak
2: it to the point where yes. it's more presentable to the ear. Exactly. Like, so yes, we all love computer love. Computer love is a classic. Yeah. But at the same token, you hear when he uses the decoder. Right. Where it's not pitched properly, where it's where it's pleasable to the ear. Exactly. He found a way to make it pleasable to the ear. If I'm not mistaken, he mixed that with Tools. Yes. If I could be wrong, correct me if I am.
1: Yes, but even with that, when T-Pain hit, people, like, the rap industry was like, what the fuck is this? What are you doing? This shit is whack. We hate this shit. But while people in the rap game were downing him, he blew the fuck up. I need y'all to understand that the chokehold that t paid had on the early 2000s. People don't get it.
2: It's ridiculous. All, he hit we, we was buying drinks. We was going to the bartender. We was in love with strippers. And then
1: after he hit,
2: it, he literally split the
1: line. And you had people that hated it. And you had people that loved it. And then eventually, right after he did that, he taught Kanye how to do it. Kanye dropped 808s and Heartbreaks. And then all you bitches jumped on board. And then you, everybody sounded like T-Pain after that. Yeah. And they started working with him. He was a You couldn't find a song without him being a feature
2: on. it. Y'all don't give the man his flowers. He deserves them. So him telling you
1: right now, bitch, I'm tired. Give me something original. If anybody can say that right now, it's yeah, him. Yeah. I literally started my career and said, I want to do something original. I came out and did something original, and it spread like wildfire. It became the standard for an era of music. And I wholeheartedly
2: agree with him. All this shit sounds funny. same. It does. And even, like, right now, I'm in the middle of still watching um, the encore mm-hmm. on BET, which is where they bring, like, all the former girls from, like, the girl groups, right. and they come into the house. Like, First of all, I have not gotten into the show yet, but I'm a child. Like, I, I have a friend here, okay, mm-hmm. who, with media consumption, I got to choke hold in the watch <laughs> thing. Mind you, I watched the first episode, yay for
1: me.
2: Yay for you. <laughs> I need to catch up to yes. what I'm about to get oh. to. Now, the crazy part is what you do realize with T Pain, the root of that is definitely ageism. Like, for some odd reason, today's consumer, if you're not, if you're, like, over 25, they're, like, Um, timed out. mm -hmm. And that's normally what happens to a lot of our artists, especially people that paved the way. Like, T-Pain is a legend because of the fact that he ushered in the proper use of autotune. I'll say that and dispute anyone to try try me on it. Mm -hmm. But I say all that to say this. When you look at the encore and see how... First of all, I love looking at certain things from a different eye now. Because... I'm looking at it as these women are creating this division and all this drama, though I understand that it is for ratings. It's like y'all have a whole project that y'all have 30 days to complete. And y'all have to spend more time arguing than in the studio. And then they're like, oh, we don't like the fact that the Cherish twins want to produce everything. And they're like, if you want to produce something, come downstairs and say that. Mm. Like, it's a communication thing, but a lot of the issue with the twins from Cherish, which is Felicia and Fallon, they aged out a lot of the girls there from what I could see. and they're like, oh well, I don't know how we're gonna pitch these girls because a lot of them are older. Mm-hmm. They're the youngest, like they're under 30. Mm-hmm. but I so they were real young when came they out. were real young when they came out, but then what also came out was <laughs> something Elijah Blake said on the show. He was like they're talking a lot, but a lot because a lot of division came from Aubrey, I hate to say it, but yes, a lot of division came from her. Elijah Blake was saying to her, it's funny that the Cherish Twins has something to say about me, but when you look at all the groups that are in the house, like the girls that came for certain groups, like Aubrey from Danny e. Kane, mm-hmm. um, you have the two other girls, which is um, Misha and Irish from 702, right. then you got Pam from Total, you have Shamari from Black, you got Nivea, mm-hmm. you have all these other people. Cherish saw the least amount of success. That's true. They saw the least amount of success out of all the girls in the house. Very true. They saw the least amount of success. And this is including one solo artist. She saw more success than they did. And wasn't even around that damn long. Wasn't. And it's like, y'all coming here and doing all this? Listen, we got a mission to accomplish here. We need to finish this project. It's, It's a lot of drama. But it circles back around to when they were going through those debates when it came to their arguments with the Cherish Twins, is ageism. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of the root of a lot of things. It's like, they'll discredit T-Pain because of the fact that he's older and he's a vet and we regard him as a legend and we hold what he has to say in regard because, in all honesty, he voiced the, for- the frustration of a lot of us mm-hmm. that we don't know how to put into words. Right. So, I'm not going to take this respect to T-Pain. He said what he said, and personally, personally, I agree. You do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We are going to refill our cups before mm-hmm. we get back, Yes. and then we get into a new segment. Actually, I have an icebreaker when we come back before we get into this new segment. So let's refill these cups. We'll be right back. You know what? What's up? It's something missing here. It's like a blank. We just want to refill our cups mm-hmm. and everything, but it's a blank. Something should be here. Something. Yeah. You know, we can promote a product. Yes. We could be sitting here gathering listener letters. You know? We could be doing things. Things. All those things. All those lovely things. But we need y'all to participate. If you want advertisement, this is Inquiries Only. Please email us at podcast at gmail.com. And we still want y'all listen to letters. Mm-hmm. So if you have a listener letter letters for us, you want us to talk about some shit. You want some advice. You want us to scream at you, fuck that nigga, walk away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, our listener listen to letters go to is at podcast at gmail.com. Once again, this is inquiries. podcast at gmail.com. Yes, listen to letters. Ask podcast at gmail.com. With that being said, let's get back into the show. Let's do it. Do that. You gotta do that to wake up. Mm -hmm. You gotta do the things. So, um, on the bench this week is gonna be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Um, instead of talking about shows we're watching, because I have to get up to date on my shows as of yet, Mm -hmm. I have not watched The Shy, I have not watched Flatbush Misdemeanors as of yet, which I plan on doing today for all the shows I'm mentioning, and also have to start raising Canaan. Now, Marla does not watch power. I don't so anybody wanna jump on here to talk with me about power. Anything yep. in a power umbrella, please mm-hmm. let me know because yes. I'm not even going to make him at this point. That means you got to watch Power from the very beginning. Listen, I was clearly an
1: Empire girl when it was out. I watched that up until the drama that broke the show, mm-hmm. but I did not watch Power. So I'm sorry it would take entirely
2: too long for me to catch up on that. So in the meantime, between time, Marlon has been doing something else. He has been bingeing two classic animation shows. Because nostalgia works everywhere, and it's Family Guy and American Dad. Yes. yes.
0: Now, if you
2: guys don't know, back in my twenties, I lived especially for like I'm going to say it's like season three, four, and five of American. Oh, excuse me, of Family Guy. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, uh, the sarcasm, yes. The humor, yes. The innovation, yes. It's all there. It's all there. It's all there. all there.
1: You know, I, I love both of these shows. And <clears throat> the similarity, similarities with the cast and the setup is not lost on me. Um, they, are all, they are both the um, sons of The Simpsons. Let's just throw it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all along the same lines. But I have a hard time choosing between which one I really, really like. Because I was having a conversation with a friend last night while I was out, um, about both of these shows, and I was telling them I was binging it too, Mm -hmm. and they were saying that they were much like you, where they were like, they actually appreciate and love Family Guy Mm -hmm. more than they like American Dad. I appreciate Family Guy more too. And I struggle with that, because I love them both, but there is something about American Dad that moves me a little bit more sometimes, because the ignorance that is Roger. <laughs> the ignorance that is Roger. And maybe it's because, you know, I'm so super gay and Roger is all of the non binary, queer, faggity raggedy bullshit all through and through. The things you need. The, like, the things that I need in my life. The things that Roger does on that show alone sends me. All of his wrong. characters and dressing
2: up, all that shit, is so much. First of all, sidebar, real quick before we get into this debate, we have to acknowledge something. First of all, I had it in the topics and literally gazed over it by accident. Wow. So the Emmy nominations did take place. Wow. Wow. First of all, for a canceled series, Lovecraft Country is leading the pack with 18 nominations for a canceled show. Cancel. First of all, shout out to Misha Green, who is the person that wrote and produced the show. Ma'am. So, let's be perfectly clear. Sis also put out the receipt that they were saying that they didn't envision the show past one season. She dropped the receipt that she already outlined season two and even seasons beyond season two. You can't lie about things like that. But she does now have a deal with Apple TV, so she is coming back. Yes! Oh also, my god! Also, while he is fanboying out, there's also one other thing that we must touch on real quick. What's up? First of all, can we please give a hand clap to MJ Rodriguez for finally receiving the lead? It's about time y'all showed up to the party. MJ, girl! Shout out to everyone nominated. Also, Blackish received nominations along with This Is Us. Mm-hmm. The things were collected with the emus this year. We love it. Now, back to this classic debate here. Mm -hmm. Um, For nostalgia purposes, I always will go with Family Guy because Family Guy tickles my shit every time. (laughs) Listen. You know, because the recipe
1: is followed on both of these shows because while I love Roger and all of his antics, we have to give it up for our queer prince that is Stewie. Stewie is everything. Listen... Listen, listen, Stewie.
2: It's everything I need. Right? Oh,
1: my God. Now, okay, so let me answer this. Go so ahead. would you say that between the two shows, I'm going to be, like, really biased here, but y'all going to agree with me because you know it's real. The queer representation of both of those shows
2: are the characters that carry those shows,
1: Stewie and Roger.
2: But the crazy part was they... Ban- they- First of all, Seth Rogen tap-danced on so many lines Mm. in both shows. Always does.
1: Always does.
2: He tap-dances on lines. First of all, can we please get into the humor that is
1: Meg? Meg, too. (laughs) But again, more queer representation because the androgyny, every time they do any future episode, she is always a Bush lesbian,
2: like... I'm just putting it out there. First of all, okay, I, the, my favorite one of my favorite episodes of Family Guy, and mm-hmm. my God, it was the one where Meg, uh, Meg was obsessed with Brian. That me. <laughs> <laughs> that tickled me something serious. Oh, you want to be here for a while? A while. <laughs> Of yo my, you, you can't have it without cool. Listen. Like you're going
1: out of your way to put over pronounce the P. I can't. I can't. Yo. And then I have re-watched that part alone so many fucking times. Yo, American Dad, yo, with Roger, the fucking Ricky Spanish episode.
2: No, 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 oh my god. No, 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 no. He's the unsung hero in American Dad is Steve.
1: Yes, yes, our uh,
2: legend. That yes, Artie
1: legend. <laughs> <laughs> his trip to the closet is classic. Yo, I... his
2: track to the closet is classic. I just can't. And anytime he, he busts out, his songs realizes he got this. It's air, airy. He got him all of a sudden has a six pack <laughs> and a chiseled chest. Yo, out of nowhere i'm like what the fuck it's
1: all just a fucking mess i mean i love them both i
2: lean towards either one depending on the season literally it's like it's no right answer though yes i may sit here and say i i prefer family guy i of course thoroughly enjoy american dad as well yes like i'm sitting here referencing steve and want to have a chooser's head, the chest, yes. and flipping abs to sing a song. Yes. I'm like, first of all, unsung RB legend. Get it. Fucking nutcase. Yeah. Well, and that's that on that for On the Bench. I hope to come back next week. Not even hope. We're coming back next week with content that I should talk about yes, as ma'am. I spoon the content to my co hosts. But all it's. all about consumption. It's all about consumption. And I'm about to be on that ass. Yes. So, speaking of consumption,
1: I have a new segment for the whole nation.
2: Yes, my he does. Man. So, I'm going to wait to ask my questions.
1: So, my new segment for Who Raised You Hose is called Marlon is Stirring the
2: Pot. If a pot is making a mac and cheese noise, Minus
1: Ooh, hello. So, so Marlon Stirring the Pot came up literally about how I consume information online. Now, we're all connected to our phones. Some of us have the great liberty of being able to put this bitch down for more than two hours, but I scroll a lot. And between scrolling through Twitter, Instagram, and sometimes Facebook, I find certain things (laughs) that spark thoughts in my mind that I'll be wanting to discuss, but I don't always get the chance to. So, stirring the pot is going to be me Taking things that I have read and/or seen online while I have scrolled and bringing them to the whole nation so that we can discuss it, and I know it's going to stir the pot because my lovely co-host Lene
2: is Sorry. always triggered when I stir the pot. So
1: here we are.
2: He's going to be a troll. And he <laughs> why. Then he wonders why I call him a troll because
1: he's a huge one. Because he trolls me and he does it well, so I have to pay him back. It's fine. I got something to put that ass next week. Anyway, so we're going to start off light. Okay. Um, and we're going to talk about alt slash freak twitters. Oh, Lord. Why would you do this? Because this is the thing. This is, you know, I be wanting to know shit. And, like, free twitters always intrigue me. Now, I'll tell y'all why. Okay. So when it comes down to freak twitters, I'm always intrigued because you either get it one or two ways. How uh-huh. you get somebody that's just like straight out, all I got is a free Twitter, this is what I'm doing, very sexy screen names and handles and shit, all the dick and ass, pussy, whatever you like, you can handle. It's always there. But you have the alternate free Twitters of people that you already follow their quote unquote regular page. And then you find out they got a free Twitter. Mm. Maybe you didn't know about it. Maybe you stumbled upon it. Mm. Who knows? But it always intrigues me. So I'm going to start off by asking this question. When does one make the decision to have an alternate Twitter account? Mm, I
2: mean,
1: mean, why are you asking me this question? I mean, because. Because why? Because you got one, ho
2: talking about? Because you
1: got one, home. What are you talking about? Because you do. And we're not going to reveal the screen name because that's another question I got. But just admit that you got one. I can't confirm. Oh, you fucking lying. Anyway, he got one. I got the proof. I got the facts. That's it. That's all. So again, as I said, answer my question. When do you make the decision to have a free Twitter? What, What goes on in your mind to say, I need one now. Like, what's going on? If this were to be facts.
2: What bitch almost made spit out my drink? <laughs> if this were to be facts. Uh uh-huh. Um. I guess you could say someone would want to just mask out certain things. Like, you got the wrong type of people following you. I'm assuming. Oh, uh, You're assuming? So, yeah, this is like the bad after, like that. Allegedly. Uh-huh. Allegedly. Bad after like that. Uh huh.
1: I just for me it's like and and this is coming from a person if you follow me on Twitter you know that I have a pinwheel of things on my Twitter now I do not shy away from liking all of my porn and smut so if you're my friend and you see something random coming down your timeline know that I put it there because I liked it so deal with it block me or unfollow me Um, but also like on my actual timeline is more like funny stuff uh inspirational quotes think pieces that i think are interesting all of those things are just like how it looks but if you go into my life you will see a totally different situation mm-hmm. so i don't necessarily find the need to have a free twitter mm-hmm. just because number one My content that is risque or spicy, if you will, is very limited. I'm not the type of person to take a lot of pictures Mm. and all that stuff. Mm. Um, Though I have that stuff, I don't really feel like I have enough to be sharing it with folks and, like, getting off on that. Whatever. Mm. Uh, So, I'm just not one to do... That's not a ledge. I'm speaking facts. Just because you don't understand your truth... Doesn't mean you have to drag First, me into hold, it. Hold up. Whoa. So, Whoa. as I said, Whoa. I would find Whoa. the details. All alleged. Anyway, all alleged. Which takes me into my second question: What is it about not wanting to share your free Twitter handle? I am so sick of my people that I follow because people. Everybody does it the same. Everybody. They'll go. They'll put up this real subliminal ass post. Be like, ooh. That post I just put up on my free Twitter is banging. So the rest of us are in the comments like, side-eye emojis, all the gifs, looking, searching. What the fuck is the handle? Nobody ever wants to answer the question. Nobody. So why the fuck put it out there if you ain't gonna let people know where to follow your free Twitter? So, Lene, with your alleged ass, why won't people share their free Twitter handle
2: publicly? I mean, for the collective research that I've
1: done. <laughs> You're so full of shit!
2: <laughs> You're so fucking full of shit, I hate it. Uh huh. What about it's this all, collection of information? That's you've done? right. From the collection of information I've gathered mm-hmm. on said topic well before today.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. This is research.
2: Okay. Research. Mm. Don't you do that face. Mm-hmm. Don't you do that face. I'm starting start to look like someone familiar. I'm- Exactly. I'm waiting on this answer. Um, from the collective research that I've done. Um, you know, some people just want that discussion. That's what I heard a few of my friends, I have my five friends, that are going through the same thing that he's describing, and this is what they're telling me. <laughs> okay.
1: So then that takes me into my next question, which is, if you are gonna have this free Twitter and you're not going to share, share the handle, uh, the handle publicly, so how do you gain fo- followers on your Ultimate Freak account? Like, um, Is the goal to have a lot of followers or is it specifically I, curated I think, towards your own taste? I think we have to bring a professional I'm speaking to a professional. No, You've not. done all this research yes. so why don't you know? What about your five friends? What do they say about this? I have to call them. Oh my god, you're so full of shit. It's, anyway. Excuse me? I just think that, y'all, that Freak Twitters that people refuse to share is another professional level of trolling. Because you're putting it out there that you got this account but you don't want to share it with the people. Which I get wanting to have a little discretion and not wanting everybody to know it. Because I've noticed that how people handle this is they'll put up their little teaser post about having the freak account and everybody's all intrigued. And I know y'all DMs be popping, Because I have slid into people's DMs and been like, Look, I saw it. Where's the fucking handle? Where's the beef? Hand it over. And then you get it. So so maybe, you know, that's how you curate shit. You weed out the people you want to know and those that you don't. And then you give them the handle and that's that. But, you know, since I don't have a professional to talk to me about it, I guess I'll never know. I
2: mean, we can always bring professional on. They could gladly tell you about these things. Mm, so I, yeah, I already got I, am, huh. I am an angel and a saint of seniors. How dare you allege that I have such things. I am publicly denying that are false.
1: According to Christian faith, Satan was also an angel. Anyway, uh, uh, uh. moving on to the next topic and stirring
2: the pie. This this the pot thing, my God. I mean, We're to gonna talk about
1: Jesus. boundaries. Oh, hell. Here we go. So, I've been doing a lot of self reflection lately and looking online a lot of times. The topics um, of discussion around boundaries come up from time to time. And a lot of us are struggling with figuring out how to set them, what they mean, what they look like. All of those sorts of things. So, my first question is, when, if ever, did you learn to set boundaries? I've learned how to set them within the past five years. Within the past five years? hmm Okay. And how does that look for you? Like, what was the process?
2: I, You know what? What I can say is one thing that Boundaries will teach you, especially when you experience depression, is boundaries are necessary. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to place a boundary around someone, and if some, that person does not respect your boundaries, it's time to let them know. Yeah, and it's just sometimes you have to want to do the work yourself, especially when it mm-hmm. comes to boundaries. It's like, listen, I know what triggers me personally from within. Mm-hmm. I know my triggers. I know what will set me off. I know what will send me to want to not be bothered. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to know them, and when you feel them, don't just automatically assume, oh, I'm overthinking. No, this person is doing something to make you uncomfortable, and they need to be checked about it. Right. Yeah. I, um.
1: I'm still a work in process when it comes to creating boundaries, and I'm doing a little bit more of it now because, again, this is why it's very important. This First of all, this is why therapy is very important. Um. Because I feel like for a long time, people didn't have language around boundaries and how important they are, and we were all taught to kind of like react a certain way in our personal relationships that we have with people, Mm -hmm. be there platonic, business, romantic, all that shit. So looking back over my life, um, I don't think that I was ever taught to set boundaries. We're not. Um, and, and I I, I, I want to take this time to say that I know that there are people out there that were fortunate enough to grow up in households where those lessons were taught. But more often than not, if I'm being real just from experience from people that I know and conversations that I've had, a lot of us have not been taught down there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically in the black community, I know for sure. So it's
2: Hard to teach people boundaries. Like it's one of the hardest things that you have to do, especially when you have to place boundaries like on your family. Mm-hmm. Like to me, those are the hardest boundaries because they don't understand. Listen, this makes me uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and then you have certain friends where they don't understand. This makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I've done a lot of self help in like the past. I want to say month or so, okay. and. One of the things that I realized with myself is I know that I went through a period where I flat out was depressed.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I probably, like, if I didn't, long story short, this week I took a trip because I made myself a promise. I was like, you know what? I lost a relative not too long ago. And one of the actual things that we got from her funeral was an actual Bookmark. Oh. So, I use that as my initiative to start reading again. Gotcha. Now, mind you, I am embarrassed to say how long it has been since I actually read a book. Mm-hmm. And literally, Friday night, I my—I finished my first book in, like, over 10 years. Mm-hmm. So, I went to Barnes & Noble to start selecting my next book, because I already ordered it. Like, um, I had ordered Bamboos by Jesus by mm-hmm. um, Yvonne Orgy. That was going to be my next book, because the first book I read was... The uh, the misadventures of awkward black girl, which mm-hmm. was Issa Ray's autobiography, hilarious by the way. <laughs> One little takeaway from it is when Sis was going into describing strippers, and like imagine a woman stripping, coming out in a pantsuit and literally stripping to UNICY. Sent me on a spiral of laughter because <laughs> just imagining the actual imagery. Anywho. This one book in particular stood out. I was going to pick out another book that was um, spoke about injustices in the justice systems of Black men, mm-hmm. but something in my spirit said put that down and pick up Check In by Michelle Williams. Gotcha. Now, if you guys have not read Check In, it has a lot to do with speaking about depression, and she spoke about her experience and hope that it would save someone else. Mm-hmm. So, one thing that she spoke about that's very prevalent is. My parents may not be there in age, but they had the same mindset. All of our parents were taught, were or we learned from our parents was basically: you go to work, you come home, you're with like come home, you're just with your family, and you just hope to do it over again. Because she was saying her family grew up in the Great Depression, and that was their mindset. Our parents never took time out to take. To really think about emotions and feelings mm-hmm. that's like actually language that we just developed in like the past 10 years yes. yep. so when I say that I bring it back to say this people don't understand when you set a boundary on them and it's the hardest thing to implement because we weren't taught boundaries because we don't know them mm-hmm. when you start to implement boundaries and what you will and won't allow someone within your circle to know let alone having to mirror anything that you just want to keep to yourself is difficult, especially when you have people in your life that may come across to you as invasive. Gotcha. And that's why it's important to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. Even when those people don't understand it and hold them accountable when they violate said boundary.
1: Gotcha. And that's a great segue into my next question, um, which is like growing up, how are boundaries develop between you and the adults in your home? And for me, the boundaries that were set for adults towards me were children were seen and not heard. Yep. So that already creates like this beginning whirlpool of mess where you feel muted, unseen, Mm -hmm. um, feel like you don't have a right to say anything, which is a clusterfuck of disaster for your adult life. Because here it is, if I'm taught from a young age that I should, quote unquote, stay in my place, it kind of puts you in a space where your inner child continues to thrive on into your adulthood.
2: And that's dangerous. And it's
1: very dangerous because a lot of us end up growing up and getting older and still living and thinking like the child that was muted when we were
2: young. You know, that's a really big self-discovery that a lot of people don't understand is that we really do outlive our inner child in our adulthood. Mm -hmm. We don't understand it. It's like, I remember I went to explain something to my parents. It was just, I was so conditioned to not want to upset someone that I would put their feelings above mine. And I've done it so much in my life that I'm now tired. Yeah. And in placing said boundary, like I said, it comes from a lot of mixed emotions, but mostly like you just said, putting boundaries on adults in your life is difficult. Yeah. Because they, especially, Lord knows I love mine, but especially your parents. Yeah. That's the hardest yeah. one to place boundaries yeah. on because they don't understand it. they don't believe in their head that you're holding back brothers it. like, no, it's a certain it's certain things that you just I don't need you in those spaces.
1: Yeah, especially because a lot of how they feel about their offspring creating boundaries is rooted in the overlearned and overexpressed respectability politics. Mm-hmm. I'm the adult, I'm the mother, I'm the parent. You're supposed to do X, Y, and Z. Like, not only do we have this problem with our inner child still making still being present in our lives in our adulthood but we have parents that keep looking at us as children and not as adults you know and still putting in place this whole well i'm the parent so you need to respect me at all costs i don't care how you feel about your life i brought you here Mm -hmm. so i take reign and precedence over your life and how you feel about it when that's simply not the truth.
2: The funny part is I was having a discussion the other day and it was speaking in regards to I was told to honor my parents Mm -hmm. not become your servant for every little need. Right. Now, I pick from that this. When you're older, yes, it's time for me to come in. But me uh, going into my adulthood and setting my pace and finding out where I'm basically getting on my own too. Mm-hmm. You cannot be around for that. Right. It's like it's certain things like when you propel to a certain level in your life, whether it's career or anything else that you might have going on. Once you propel in that space and you literally have tunnel vision, it's hard for your parents to understand why you're being, why they're being shut out. It's like, listen, I'm trying to figure this out for myself, and I don't need your doubts. Your insecurities to project onto me while I'm trying to figure this shit out. Mm-hmm. If I need to fail, let me fail on my own. That's right. And you just going to have to be good with that. Yeah. Because I'll i be damned. Yeah. Like, me personally, I'll be damned. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. Because when you've allowed so long for someone's, like, their insecurities to be projected onto you. Mm-hmm. It weighs on you so much. Yes. And that is a major reason why boundaries are so fucking important. They're
1: extremely important. And I just, like, I I cannot stress enough how much we all need to learn more about setting boundaries. Because it literally makes space for you to live your best life. hmm And it also puts you in a space where it helps to weed out people that are really there for you and those that aren't. Right. Because if people can't respect your boundaries, they shouldn't be there.
2: It's hard. Like... It's hard. As someone that went through a certain situation regarding boundaries, it is hard.
1: Yeah, it's very hard. It's
2: not easy at all.
1: But even still, the hardest things create the best profit. If you don't put the work in, you won't get the reward. I mean, fair. All right. Moving along to something a little bit lighter. Mm -hmm. My next topic is send nudes. So, I found a new obsession on Instagram. Uh, this brother, I really, really appreciate. Um, I, like, I encourage everybody to follow this page because he be dropping some gems. Uh, and the Instagram page is called Sex Ed with Ty. That's T Y. Um, and he brought up this conversation about me. So I'm gonna kick it off with the first slide. Well, the second slide that he put up mm-hmm. with his questions. And it says, if sex is defined as the consensual exchange of erotic energy, is sharing nudes considered a form of sex? Who What
2: you think? Uh, I'm going to have to go with the latter and say no. No? No.
1: I think, well, his answer was absolutely, and I have to say that I feel like it can be a part of sex because not for nothing, let's keep it real, a lot of us send nudes with the intention to entice and enticing is a form of foreplay.
2: But then you have, it goes back to my rant from earlier, child. Then you have the motherfuckers that don't know how to approach someone and have that conversation. So if I can count on hand how many times I've received unsolicited news, <laughs> yeah, I would be out of fingers. Yep. Well, yeah. And I hate receiving them because it's like you literally could have just said hi, like you literally could have tried to entice me to want to send news or even you send them.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: I'm, it's not like you're asking a lot; it's just my gosh, y'all are out of touch, and it's exhausting. Mm. I don't like personally. I don't feel that sending news is a form of sex
0: okay
2: I feel like if you send pictures like if let's say you're at a house party or ft and y'all jerking off that's a form of sex that okay. I just don't subscribe to personally mm-hmm. but that to me is a form of sex but sending news mm-hmm. personally I don't gotcha okay so that goes into
1: my first question can you remember one of the first news you ever sent what was that
2: experience like that's in a young home.
1: Hold on. <laughs> I had to think about it too. And I'm like, thinking about the age of cell phones and how they've evolved because we were literally either young adults or in our early 20s for me when mm-hmm. cell phones got cameras and then sending news to, became. It was easier to
2: actually send videos and stuff like that. Yes. Damn. So got for going me. Back, back. Like,
1: I got to think about it. If I'm being real, I probably sent my first nude around 2003, 2004. And I remember being like really self-conscious about how I looked, wanting to get the angle right, wanting it to be sexy and all this other shit. And then I sent it, and, you know, stuff comes after that that's, at that point, was, like, really exciting because it was something brand new. Like, before that, wasn't no cameras on cell phones or anything like that. So, if you wanted to see somebody naked, you had to be with them. See them naked. (laughs) So. You know,
2: and I had, you know, it brings me back to my research. mm -hmm. And, you know, just like what Professor Marlowe just said, Okay. I was told by those that have alternate Twitters I'm gonna keep their names a secret because I have to protect their identities.
1: Insert Beyonce's yeah. no angel here, please, thank you.
2: Um, excuse me?
1: Continue.
2: Either way. <laughs> so, that exact reason is part of the reason that I believe I was told That's my consensus from Uh-huh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that, you know, it removes the subconscious. Mm-hmm. it's like okay maybe I want to post this picture today mm-hmm. or maybe I want to go in this lighting or probably figure out my angles and learn how to take a certain picture right it removes the actual critique of people that may know you mm-hmm. so I've been told so that's really a reason why I believe people have alternate
1: hmm. anyway bounced all over that question so Do you feel like the culture of sending nudes has tainted your dating experience in any way?
2: God, yes. (laughs) God, yes. Because y'all don't know... People really forgot the art of conversation. Mm -hmm. They forgot how to talk, how to say hi, how to actually... Lead up to the sex Mm -hmm. People just throw a nude And think you're supposed to interact with them That's not a hi It's not a handshake What is wrong with you people? Uh Like why are you sending nudes And not able to have a conversation? I'll see a torso I'll see an ass I'll see a chest But I won't But literally Y'all will never show your face But I see dick and ass All willy nilly
1: So can I ask you a sub question to that? So do you feel like that speaks to What people are really Concerned or focused on as opposed to dating?
2: Here's the thing Mm -hmm. it goes for both. Because I've had in the past dudes that approach me on regular conversation leading to them wanting to be casual. Right. Now? Mm -hmm. It's send a nude, ask pics, send pics. You can send a text, you can say hi. You could say what's good. You could have had general conversation. You didn't entice me to want you to open the front door, let alone see my address. Mm -hmm. You did none of the work, Mm -hmm. but you want to cop out because you sent a dick pic. I'm supposed to react Mm -hmm. because you showed me a picture of a dick found on Google. (laughs) 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 the The one that you found on twitter randomly one of the pics that someone else sent you some of the pics that someone else sent you that you're using to try and bait someone else to send you more news why do we have to do this we are too old for this shit especially and especially this is a rant especially for the motherfuckers when you can tell that the picture is fake it cir- when it's circulating around Y'all know what I know, real ho shit mm. When a picture has circulated too much mm-hmm. It starts to pixelate in value So it starts to look a little funny mm. So by the time you see the picture And you looking at it like well, Why it looks so pixelated Because it was saved After someone had been sitting around for a couple of times The resolution be telling on y'all Y'all be forgetting that Damn, shit Damn, you just hit me to some new shit I didn't even think about that You can always tell that the dick pic is fake You can tell if it's recycled. You can tell if it's not this. And this, not to point anybody out, I'd be like, and it's even worse when it's a mood that you've seen before someone that you know. Mm. And I'm like, okay, you're not that person because I know them. Then all of a sudden you're blocked. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That is crazy.
1: You know, I have not been on a dating, dating scene like that in a long time. But thinking about, like, when I was, sending nudes altered my dating experience only in the sense that I got a taste of what was to come uh, instead of like wondering or having to show up to the party in order to get it started, uh-huh. you know, and like now I find that I don't just send news to anybody. Mm -hmm. Like, I kind of have to have a conversation with you. I gotta feel out your energy and then decide from there. And there are even people that share news with me regularly that I sparsely share anything with. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, cause I just don't... It's not as enticing to me anymore. Because they're so readily available now... You sending me a nude is cool, but it's not what it was when we first started this culture of sending news to folks. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Before it became a catchphrase, because it's been going on way before then. Mm-hmm. I feel like Send News has become a catchphrase within the last maybe four to five years. Mm-hmm. It's become like a catchphrase thing to say, but yeah, I, that's that's, I don't know. So, let me ask you this. What's your checklist for a good
2: nude to send and receive? That's a hard question to ask someone that has body dysmorphia. Okay. So, it's hard deciphering what's feasible and what's not. Okay. And, like, like the research show, when you're trying to figure out what works, mm. it's hard. So, it's like, you beat yourself up so much for sending nudes. That a lot of people do not understand How much you go through Like, to so post a picture Whether it's a nude, whether it's a Facebook Whether you're out You scrutinize yourself so much Before you even allow the public to scrutinize you yeah. So when it comes to news now Before, we didn't care right. Take a your ass, oh shit, it's the ass right. Take a picture of the dick, oh shit, that's hot Now, because it, Like you said, it's so readily available mm. It's like, mm. Fat enough here. Mm-hmm. It looked mad small. Maybe I should be semi hard. Right. Maybe I should bend over a little bit, giving the lure. Right. Bend over on the couch or bed or something. It's hard. Like you beat yourself up just to say one fucking nude. Gotcha. And people don't understand it. It's like, for me, it's an obstacle. It's become an obstacle as of late. Okay. I'm not going to hold anybody to it. It's been an obstacle. I'm like, I can sit here and want to get and, you know, just want someone to ravish me mm. just ravish me in the morning uh-huh. and <laughs> I don't think y'all need to understand how bad I just rolled my eyes right. that's how bad it is
1: So what about receiving a good nude, what's your checklist for that?
2: You know as Mother Bottom mm-hmm. I like you know, a thing that's a little girthy with a little thing mm-hmm. Paul just Mm-hmm. I love a little live video mood. Oh, okay. If you have an iPhone, you know exactly what I'm talking okay. about. hold the oh, picture right. a little bit longer. When you see a little circles at the top, mm. a little bit longer, you see the movement. Especially when it's a, when it's a good mood and they're And you can even see that they were flexing or swinging a little bit. Yeah, I put y'all, okay. okay. y'all up on game. Okay, I put y'all up on game. I put y'all up on game. But... Mm, damn, I lost train of thought. <laughs> you got lost in it. What's
1: the checklist for receiving a good mood for you? I
2: actually gave you the list. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I about to check real quick. Like, oh. oh god! Okay, so for now me, you the
1: list. sending a good nude. Because I don't take them often, um, a lot of that is attributed to the fact that I, my man sees nude all the time. So you know, I, though I do take pictures personally for him, uh, but sending a good nude for me, I my angle gotta be right lighting. A lot of what you said, like, it's really interesting now because because we're so heavily scrutinized on the visual now. You pay attention to so much shit. Especially now because we have the ability to zoom in on shit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Color gotta be right. All this other stuff. And even still with the news that I have and that I might share, it. I take a few before I even decide that that's a good one. So... But receiving a good nude, Mm -hmm. I love a good artistic energy. Mm -hmm. I love a good pose. Good poses are always nice. I'm an ass man, so give me a good shot of the ass. Standing up, laying on the side. Whatever you decide, just make sure it looks good. I'm all for that. For the dick pics, please lotion
2: your phallus. Please. Can we have a moment? Lotion your phallus. I'm so let's, tired let's, of seeing Ashley's. We're going to get whole tips outside of the hotel <laughs> episode. I, I, he just brought up a valid waypoint that I need to talk about. This is a rant. This is a whole rant. Listen. It's a real one. Okay? I understand that some of y'all like the lore of Musk and all those different things. Baby. But let's be clear. Lotion and baby oil go a long motherfucking way. Okay, lotion that penis, please. Lotion the ass, and ladies, you know, get in between that thing. Don't get, of course, y'all get irritable down there, but whatever. I mean, make it look, make it look moisturized, make it look presentable. presentable. Act like you it with a little water, some misting, you know, do some. Brush out the shower, let this water trickle down. Just get a picture of that mouse bed for real. Mm I'm sorry, I'm giving y'all pointers. <laughs> I shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> so, my
1: last point of my Stirring the Pot segment, which I'm going to continue moving forward, is called How It Make You Feel. Oh, Lord. So, He's these are posts that I find that are inspirational quotes that pose a question and they spark a certain feeling or thought. So, this week's post comes from Peace Wesley, and that's P-A-C-E-W-E-S-L-Y. And their post that they put up says, Don't let that hurt child inside of you make your adult decisions.
2: How'd that make you feel, friend? It's Sunday. I'm just saying that. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it felt like I went to church. Listen,
1: I saw this, and this was also um, something that was said by Kylie So Love on RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star 6, which I am currently watching because I'm a super gay. It, listen, um, uh,
2: sidebar, sidebar. <laughs> I, I, I I love Drag Race. I have my own personal opinions, as is why I don't watch Drag Race. Mm. But however, if I ask you to stomach one of my shows, I'll oh, stomach Drag Race.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. So, um but she said that and i remember watching the episode and she said it and i was like god damn homie. it made me realize how many of us are experiencing this and don't even know it that a lot of the issues and the trials that we go through in our adult life is because we have not done the inner child work and we're allowing our past selves where we are hurt and dealing with trauma to make a lot of the decisions that we make right now,
2: specifically in love and romantic relationships? It's one of the hardest things to learn. It's mm-hmm. like I had my mom, it's funny you say this, my mom only says a lot of stuff inside the family group chat. If you real one, you already know your family got a family group chat. Every family has a family group chat, and it may not be your whole family. I I can speak individually. My immediate family has a group chat. Mm -hmm. My mother loves to send quotes inside of it, and since my sister has taught her how to use TikTok, my mother has ever since been sending us screen, like basically sending us TikTok posts. And one in particular is a woman describing her going on a date with a man. And she's like, basically she's still doubting him. She's working through her own insecurities and he notices it. And she mentions in the video, she made a snide remark when it came to him paying for the bill for the going on a date. And he got up to a sip of his wine um, and walked over to her, kissed on her the forehead, he said, you need to hill before you date. And walked out. And then she said, like, she thought she was left in the restaurant. Also, she got a, a, um, a notification that she had an Uber coming for her. Mm. Now, she said the biggest lesson she learned from that date was he was telling her the truth. And, A lot of us, and me, I make it publicly known, I've been single for seven years. At this point, it's more on, especially in this generation, we have to do the work. It's hard to do the work because I can speak as someone that literally has been trying to find a therapist Mm -hmm. for the past, like, what, two, three years now? Mm -hmm. It's not easy because you can't find them. Like, insurance makes it hard for you to find them. Mm -hmm. It's hard to, like... They'll give you a list of doctors, and you can leave phone calls and emails, and they will not get back to you. Right. It's like, it's hard to start the work when you're doing it by yourself. And, yes, therapy is a bill in itself. Anyone that goes to therapy knows, therapy is literally a bill in itself. It's like having a second cable bill. It's a bill by itself. Now, if you have insurance, it comes the majority of it. Right. But it's hard to work, especially the work that you need a therapist or a counselor for which is dealing with your inner child and resolving that inner child so that way it's out of the way for you making your adult decisions because a lot of us are still trying to heal that inner child or that inner preteen that inner adult that literally was just the peak of our confidence or the epitome of our ego
0: Mm
2: -hmm. like we always want to protect those phases of us. And it's hard to do so especially when you have not done the work on your inner child. It's a deep, like whenever you work on your inner child it's deep. It's a deep dive child. It's a a really deep deep dive. dive.
1: Because more often than not all the issues that we have in our adult life are usually rooted in what we went through in our childhood. Mm -hmm. And when people don't know that, it exasperates the situation even more. But for those of us that do know that There's a dance that comes along with it where you have to go through situations and problems and then take a a step back and do the self-reflection and realize this is my inner child speaking. This is some shit that happened to me when I was younger that makes me feel the way that I'm feeling right now about this situation. And what do I do to soothe and appease my inner child to help them understand that this is not necessarily a problem. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the language for that, if you've never been to therapy, if you ain't never really been into self-help or anything like that, you can go on and on throughout your entire life going through this and revolving your problems over and over again, still exasperating that shit all the time, and never know because you've never taken time to think about what happened in my past that makes me feel the way I feel about this right now.
2: And we don't ever resort back to that being the reasoning as to why we're making decisions. Exactly. Like, our inner child speaks a lot. And sometimes, until you learn to control that inner child, you're going to forever have problems. It is, like I said, it is not easy work at all. It's the furthest from easy. Is to unlearn patterns and habits that picked up. Right. And especially when it comes to... I can speak, like I always say, I speak from personal experience. as someone... I'm always protective of it's always certain ages in which you're protective of yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm always protective of Lonnie at 7.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm always protective, Lord Jesus, of Lonnie at 14. Mm-hmm. Lonnie at 14 going on 15 was a pivotal age. Mm-hmm. And I'm always protective of Lonnie at 24. Mm-hmm. Now, these ages, mainly me as a child because I started to discover that I was a little different. Mm-hmm. Then me as a teenager was accepting I was different and dealing with the ridicule that came from the world mm-hmm. for it. And then 24 was like the last time I really felt like truly confident in myself. Gosh. Was like in my close to mid-20s. I'll say like 24. I was a bad bitch. Mm-hmm. i say to anybody. I was a motherfucking bad bitch. But it's hard to remember those ages and the things that you went through. Especially when You're a sentimental person, and you hold on to those things. And all of those things perpetuate in your relationships, your friendships, your interactions with your family. It all trickles down to how you deal with your inner child. And because of the fact that lying at 7 and 14 on 15 conquer a lot of my thoughts, it's hard Mm -hmm. to get out of that pattern. It's not easy, and it requires the work. It requires to work. Absolutely.
1: All right. So I'm putting my spoon in the dishwasher so it can be washed. And I'm putting the lid on this top. That was stirring the pot, ladies and gentlemen.
2: I'm going to yell at him off air like this. Because <laughs> I didn't approve it. And my God, I didn't approve to have a fair possession on my own damn shirt. Whatever. Anyway, so that concludes our episode of Who
1: Raised You Hoes. You all know before we go, we got to give our mental health tip of the week. And Friend, what you got this week? Mm-hmm.
2: I'm giving air because I am giving foot. <laughs> I'm going to go with this. we've talked a lot about self-help and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Listen to yourself. Um, That comes in all aspects but I'm mainly talking right now mentally listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you need to understand that you can call that something's wrong before anyone else does. Mm -hmm. And I promise you when I am done with this book, because you can hear it influence a lot of what I had to say today, once, you get, once I get done with this book, it's going to be a full-blown, wholehearted discussion when I'm done. Right. Now, it's just you have to do the work for yourself. Sometimes you have to do the deep dive that you don't want to do and that you want no one else to know that you're doing to uncover why things are this way. Mm-hmm. But take that time. Learn yourself, girl. Okay.
1: And my mental health tip this week is to stand up For yourself. A love. More often than not, we Mm. take the back burner to other people's emotions in our lives. And we don't stand up for what is right for us. Mm -hmm. People will only love you the way that you teach them to love you. So if you don't take out the time to stand up for yourself when something doesn't feel right to you, you will always garner the same result. Yes. and we all hate revolving doors so yes. speaking from experience and someone that's trying to get better at speaking up and standing up for himself at all times, I encourage everybody to do the same. Stand up for you, stand up for what's right for you and what's comfortable for you so that you can have healthier and more meaningful
2: relationships in your life. Before we go, let's want particular. I remember I quoted that shit because my girl had me fucked up this morning, and I had to let out how I felt before she had me all types of fucked up. So sis had the nerve to say this. She said, you may be posting for fun, but someone out there is looking at your posts and be like, I can't date the second person. My quote says the following. And that's a form of people pleasing. <laughs> that person is just not for you. That's it. That's it. Like, it's hard. Hard to come to that realization, that person literally is just not for you. And once you learn have learned how to people please, trust me, it's so much brighter when mm-hmm. you learn the power of the word you know. Hello. Ugh.
1: All right, y'all. So, thank you for joining us over here at Who Raised You host with the whole nation. Before we go, we say it all the time Slide. like, comment, rate, Slide. and subscribe. Slide. Tell your friends, tell your yes. mamas, tell your haters so they can listen to. To join us over here at Who Raised You Host podcast, make sure that when we post on Mondays that you share with all of your peoples across all platforms. I'm
2: a, and, and, hold on. Yes. Yes. But I want to see more of y'all actually listening to the show. Ooh. I want to see more. Mm. I want to see more of it. I want to see you listening. I want to see quotes. Mm. I want to see clapping emojis. I want to see all of the shit. Okay? Damn it. Tired. <laughs> okay?
1: I want shit to repost. That's right. And listen, you can find us over at WRYH Podcast on IG. Send in your listening letters to askwryh at gmail.com. That's right. And make sure you put them in there. Listen, if you want us to go on a rant for you personally, if you need to be scolded about something. You want to take
2: the mental health tip for the week.
1: Listen, if you want to send in a mental health tip for the week, we accept those too. Because we all need that help. So go ahead, make that shit happen, y'all. And uh, friend, you got anything before we go? That is it. That is all. All right, bitches. So whole nation, we out of here. Bye. Bye.